Into hour number three. Nice to have you here. I am Jim Rome. All right, so if you want to talk about Michigan, we can go ahead and do that. If you want to talk about something else, we can go ahead and do that. We can talk about anything you want. Honestly. 1-800-636-8686. We talked about the Jets getting beaten down by the Chargers last night. Man, that Jets offense is horrible. They have all that talent, and they've got skill. Except not under center right now. And yes, the offensive line is jacked up. And yes, they can't run the football. But all this talk about Zach Wilson is changed. He's different. He's got a swagger back. He's got a confidence about him that he didn't have in quite some time. Really, I don't see any of that. Any of that. I see a dominant defense. I see a defense that harassed Justin Herbert the entire game. Harassed him into the worst game he's ever had as a pro. And yet they still got blown out at home in a game they really didn't need. The best offense I saw from the Jets all night was Aaron Rodgers on the field before the game, throwing it 50 yards downfield. That was the most amazing thing I saw. Aaron Rodgers getting out of the pocket, extending plays, launching scuds downfield, lasers. There are your highlights offensively for the Jets. We also talked to, thanks, Abby, Drake May earlier. And he's getting ready for senior night. Yes, sir. I, he yes sir me quite a bit. I've got a feeling that he's going to turn pro. I got a feeling he's going to turn pro after this year. I got a feeling he's going to be a top 10 pick. And I got a feeling that that's a guy you could bank on. There are no sure things, but that's somebody I'd invest in. That's somebody I'd buy stock in if I could. They've got a rivalry game against Duke this week. So that's a good one. On top of that, we've been talking about Michigan and how much Jim Harbaugh knew or didn't know, how much of an advantage it is or isn't. Michigan man's going crazy. The thing about Michigan man was, you know, I always thought that Michigan was different. That was always my take. Michigan was different. Amazing school. Great fan base. Incredible tradition. I thought Michigan was different. And then when I started to talk about it for the first time, and the first person through was this cat, Jaworski. Not Ron Jaworski, but just somebody online. Somebody on the X, Jaworski. And his exact line to me was, hey, dumbass, get off of Michigan. Everybody's doing it. And I thought to myself, Stallions isn't the rogue figure in this. Jaworski is. There's no way Michigan man is going to come in like that. But Michigan man keeps coming in like that. I thought you were different. Everybody else, when everybody else was committing transgressions and they were coming in with things like, hey, dumbass, get off us. Everybody's doing it. You were the one, Michigan man, that was holier than thou. You were the one that was checking everybody so hard. And now that the thing is boomeranged and everybody's coming for you, you sound like everybody else. I thought you were different. I thought you were a breed apart. I thought you were better. I thought you were better than, hey, dumbass, get off us. Everybody's doing it. This says, so, any explanation as to where the alleged sign stealing was in the semifinal last year between Michigan and TCU? Hmm? Ron in the 207. We already covered that. We already covered that. Somebody did tip off TCU. Somebody tipped TCU. And again, 
if somebody shared information with TCU because they had it in for Michigan and TCU took advantage of that information and they did, they had dummy signals, that's not cheating. If TCU scouted them in person and used electronic devices to garner that information, then it's cheating. We've already covered that. All right, let's get to another topic. I'm not saying that we're done with this topic, but let's go to another topic. So is Bill Belichick coaching for his job? I mean, it'd be ridiculous to say he's coaching for his job this week, right? But people are asking that question. I'm not asking it. I certainly am not saying, is it a must win for Bill Belichick this week against the Colts? And could he be in danger of losing his job if he loses that game? I'm not asking that question. But there are members of the New England media that are asking that question. And if the question isn't, does he need to win this game to stay? The question is then, well, would Bob Kraft make a move in season? Could the Hoodman ever get fired in season? And if so, could he get fired inside this season? And, and what if he did let Jim Irsay hit a stanky leg in Germany on Sunday? Then what? Would he leave him there? I don't know. He's under a lot of fire right now. And there's already that theory that, hey, man, if this guy does not get it done, he could be in danger of losing his job. Check out the grilling. I'm not, Listen, I'm not advocating for it. I'm not saying you fire this guy. I'm saying they pretty much have hit rock bottom, and a lot of it's on him. But I'm saying I never thought that I would see the day that the media would be up in this guy's grill grilling him about his job status, about his job security. Listen to this back and forth. Bill, uh, have you been given any assurances from ownership about your job status for the rest of the season? Yeah, my focus is on getting ready for the Colts. Do you personally believe that you could be coaching for your job this week against the Colts? I'm going to control it. I can control it and get ready for the Colts. Just how has this season affected you Personally, and has it you know enhanced or uh, diminished your desire to continue coaching? Yeah, I do the same thing. I always do. I try to do the best I can to help our team every week. And has it has it affected you one way or the other? What have you maybe what have you learned about you know yourself during a season like this? And how have you kind of evolved in any any ways? Yeah, I don't know. Quote, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Did you hear that one guy say, do you think you might be coaching for your job this week? The GOAT. Do you think that you might be coaching for your job against the Colts this week? Quote, yeah, I don't know. He should really trademark that response. Yeah, I don't know. The problem is that response doesn't play nearly as well when you don't have bacon face running around winning 12 games a year, and ripping Lombardis. (laughs) Back then, you can talk down to people, and yeah, I don't know people, and it was kind of amusing and sort of cute back then. Except when you're the worst team in the AFC, people want to hear a little more from the head coach and architect of the worst team in the AFC than yeah, I don't know. 
They um, want answers. They don't want, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Um, because make no mistake, the Pats are the worst team in the AFC right now. That's just a fact. Go check the standings. In fact, just use your eyes. The eye test would also agree. The team looks horrendous. They've got no talent offensively, no playmakers. It's not getting any better. It's horrible to watch. They check none of the boxes. And that's exactly why there is this speculation that the alleged GOAT could actually lose his job during the season. And even one guy asking, could it happen this weekend? Now, personally, I don't see that happening. Definitely not this week. He could lose 50 and nothing. They're not going to fire him this week. But I understand why Chow Nation is having this conversation right now. I understand why the media is coming for this guy right now. Even if it is shocking to hear the same people go from goading this dude all day, every day, to wondering if he's going to make it another nine weeks. Personally, I don't think that Bob Kraft would really run this dude under the guillotine in season. But I don't think it's outrageous to ask either. And it's not the only rumor going around about what might happen to this guy in the next few months. The other rumor is, all right, I mean, it would be such bad form. And they've got this kind of relationship, and they have this kind of history, and Belichick has made Kraft so much money, he can't fire the guy. He can't fire him, but if you're Kraft, you can't live with these results either. So if you're Kraft, what do you do? According to this theory, you trade him. You don't want to go down as the guy who fired Bill Belichick, right? I mean, unless you own the Browns back in the day. So Kraft, if he wants to free himself of Belichick, maybe he can just trade him. Imagine that. Imagine the Patriots trading the alleged coaching goat. I mean, they did let Tom Brady walk. Belichick did run off pretty much every other player he's ever had. Why is he different? Why wouldn't they trade him? They've made other deals. So how would that work? How would a trade work involving Belichick? And what could you get for Belichick at this point? I mean, this guy's stock is plummeting. What could you get for him at this point? I mean, do you trade the hood for a day three pick? Do you trade the guy for a bag of footballs? A few kicking tees? And by the way, who negotiates that trade? I thought Belichick ran that whole operation. If Belichick... Belichick is trade bait. Who's the one making the phone calls? Who's the one negotiating the trade? If he runs the whole operation. Imagine Hoodman getting on the phone. Hey, uh, Howie, uh, put me through a Howie Roseman. Yeah, hello, uh, put me through and tell him it's Bill Belichick. Hey, Bill, what's going on? Yeah, hey, uh, Howie, how you doing, kid? Great, Bill, what's up? Yeah, hey, uh, Howie, I got a question. Uh, any shot that uh, you're in the market for a coach? Yeah, no, I don't know, Bill. We're pretty happy with all of our assistants right now. But what do you have in mind? I'm not talking about the assistants, Howie. I'm talking about me. That's what I got in mind, me. How would you like me? Hey, uh, Howie. Howie, give me a minute. Give me a minute of your time. Hey, Howie, if you had an opportunity to get the greatest coach in the history of the league and have him on your sideline tomorrow, would you do that? Would you have an interest in that? Well, you can. I'm available. Yeah, I don't know, Hood. We're pretty good with what we have right now. Yeah, I don't know, Howie. I don't think you're listening to me. I'm telling you I'm available. Not only am I available and ready to start right now, but I'm going to bring with it the all-time coaching record. 
I mean, look at your team. Look at me. Look in the mirror. Don't you want me to break Don Shula's record on your sideline, Howie? Uh, yeah, I don't know, Bill. I think we're good. I think we're fine. Howie, you're not listening. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I got to go, Bill. Hood hangs up the phone like the salesman in a boiler room. Looks at his list. Calls up Jera. Yeah, yeah, huh? Switchboard, put me through a Jera. Who's calling, please? It's Bill Belichick. Put me through a Jera. Yeah, hey, Jera. Hey, Bill, what's going on? Yeah, hey, uh, Jera, do me a favor. Put Steven on the phone. Uh, I got an offer for him, and I know you're not going to be around very long. You're not going to see it through anyway. Let me talk to the kid. Yeah, Bill, if you got anything to say, you should say it to me. I mean, listen, I understand that a trade. Imagine this guy shopping himself around the NFL, trying to see what he can bring in return for himself. I understand that a trade would solve the issue of Bob Kraft not wanting to fire the hood and also not wanting the hood around anymore. The problem is, where does the hood fit if not New England? Is he going to accept a demotion whereby he's only a head coach but no longer has complete autonomy and control over football ops? Would he really do that? Would he go somewhere and take that step down and answer to somebody else in order to run down Don Shula? I find that hard to believe. Just as I find it very hard to believe that he's going to fix what he has broken in New England. I mean, all of this talk about what's going to happen to him suddenly feels pretty appropriate, as surreal as it is. I just don't think that anybody anywhere, much less New England, thought that we would end up here as quickly as we are. But here the bleep we are. They are the worst team in the AFC. And it looks like it's going to get worse before it gets any better. Now, that doesn't mean that Kraft is going to whack this guy in season. But I'll tell you what it does mean. It means that as long as they keep losing, the questions are going to remain. And it's going to get hotter and hotter and hotter. He needs 28 wins. 28 wins. At the rate they're going and as bad as they are, how long is it going to take him to get 28 wins? There's no way Kraft can wait for him to get 28 wins at the rate they're going. Kraft could be sitting there for another decade. Kraft's not going to be around, I don't think, in another decade. I mean, around, period. This is actually pretty fascinating. The media just going in on him about, could you lose your job this week? And him just mumbling out, I don't know. I don't know. Could I? I don't know. Yeah, my folks don't get ready for the Colts. Uh, it's on to the Colts. Yeah, well, if it's on to the Colts and the Colts beat you, and they could, and they might, and and Jim Irsay is getting down the way he he did last week, it's going to get even hotter. Hey, Rome, if Kraft breaks off Belichick this weekend, I believe that his spiteful ass would be the Bills D coordinator by the time the plan landed. Bill in Syracuse. Yeah, I don't know. I have a hard enough time seeing him be a head coach somewhere where he has no control over personnel, no authority other than than being the head coach. You're telling me now this guy's already going to be a D coordinator? Hey, why not make him a linebacker coach while you're at it? Why not let him coach the DBs? Why not let him be a special teams coach? Romer, do you mind giving yourself a tongue decal on your microphone today? You haven't been giving yourself enough credit lately. I mean, for real. Andy in Portland. Credit. You're right. For real. That's what that was. 
Hey, Rome, I didn't think we'd ever find anybody that loves their school as much as Zikafus. However, if Stallions went rogue and he did all this on his own, that might top the foos. I think they should still be able to play football, though, regardless. Tennessee is my place. You know, it's my football team. Even after they put a gun in your face, you say, let them play football? Yeah. Yeah. Why? It's Tennessee. (laughs) It's the way it is sometimes. The foos. I'm telling you, man. No, no, no. I'm still taking the foos over the Stallions. Nobody put a gun in Stallions' face. Back in the day, Zikafus had a couple of volunteer players hold him up at gunpoint. He said, no, 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 I don't want them suspended. Now, hell no. We need them. It's Tennessee. <laughs> it's the way Why it do is you feel sometimes. that way, man? Weren't you scared for your life? Why do you feel that way? Quote, it's Tennessee. It's Tennessee. <laughs> it's, it's just the way, the way that sometimes. is. Jamie in Green Bay wrote, John in Santa Barbara. Just broke the playing the play calling code. He should expect a call from Michigan to replace Stallions. All right. When we come back, how about some phone calls? I love it. Every single line is lit. Every line is lit. It's lit. Some of these calls might actually be good. Where do you want to go with it? You know what's amazing? What I want to talk about today, I might still get to it. Baseball? Hey, Wisconsin fam, how about you losing your guy? Not only losing your guy, but losing your guy to the Cubs? I don't even know the Cubs were in the market for a manager. Dude, that was stealth. That was really stealth. We could get into that. How about A-list actors taking to the X and going in on Sean McVay and saying the Rams need to make a change? Samuel L. Jackson was not happy with what he saw. My guy. I think I'm pretty safe in assuming that Sean McVay's job is not in jeopardy. Sean McVay has better job security right now than the hood does. It's not his fault. What's going on with the Patriots is definitely the hood's fault. This is not Sean McVay's fault. The Rams did that deal. Remember, F them picks. And it worked. They got their ring. All right, stay tuned. We'll come right back. You're listening to The Jim Rome Show. get it done. Granger is offering supplies and solutions for every industry as well as access to product experts ready to answer your toughest questions. Car click Granger.com or stop on by. Adam Schefter on the X. Carson Wentz is signing with the Los Angeles Rams per source. Well, that should fix everything. Carson Wentz signing with the Rams. I'm still trying to get to Samuel L. Jackson saying that Sean McVay's got to go. Uh, I don't think this is going to make him feel any better, but I don't know. I'll wait to see what he says on the X. Let's go to the phones. We go. Okay, see, now this guy's got a golden ticket. We have not been giving out very many golden tickets, but Jay and Columbus grabbed one the other day. 
Now, remember, a golden ticket, if you're new to the program, a golden ticket gets you into the Smack Off. The Smack Off is the single most important program of the year. We do it once a year, and Smack Off number 30 is coming up. What it is is the best of the best compete for the title of, mythical title of, King of Smack. And you wear the crown for an entire year. And it's a very, very elite group. But it's invite only. If you've won the event, you have a lifetime exemption. Even if you've never won the event, you can be in the field. There are wild cards that we give out in the form of a golden ticket. This guy has one. Doesn't mean he'll have it come smack off time. Doesn't mean he'll get on the air that day. But he has one right now. It's a good thing. In other words, just the long and the short of it is, he made a really good phone call and separated himself from all the other calls. And now he's holding on to a golden ticket. So let's go back there. Here's what I respect about him. He's not holding on to it and hiding. He's not camping. He's back a week later. So in effect, he's either going to build his argument, his resume, or he could get it snatched. Some people are good for one awesome phone call. And then they spend the rest of their time chasing that one call. I don't know this guy, but I know the one call he made and it was good. So I feel pretty good about this. Let's find out. We go to Jay in Columbus. Good to have you, Jay. What's up? Hey, Romy. Thanks for the vine. And yeah, man, like the golden ticket, I am so appreciative of it. And honestly, I had never considered the smack off. Like dragging Michigan is pretty much like shooting fish in a barrel. But the smack off is a whole other animal. So like once I heard that, I'm not going to lie, I was nervous until Friday when I heard Vic's call. And now I'm like, if Macrame Man can rip a strap, then maybe I got a chance. But I got to tell you, I have massive respect for Vic for coming in even after ripping a strap. And you said it in the intro here. I want to call out people who have invites, who have gold tickets, and who are just laying back. Like, are you, like, just saving up your smack? Like, are you afraid of getting the ticket ripped? Because if you're afraid of getting your ticket ripped, then you don't deserve it, bro. Okay. I want to shout out Eddie C, my guy. How to look last last night, baby boy? Not too captain esque, I'd say. And the Jets, Kings of New York. If they're the Kings of New York, then that just goes to show how far NYC has sunk. I also want to give props to Raiders Nation on the Super Bowl, er, beating the team that lost to the Coog Hunter. But I'm just joking, Raider fan. Like, my team cracked open locked coolers of beer for, for a win, so I feel you. And speaking of my team, I got to crack back on some of the Browns fans around here who are all, Watson's back, the O's back. No, they're not. Like, we beat down the cards, but beating down the cards is a little bit like winning a game at Scrabble versus that Coop Kelly. Like, it's a win, but it's nothing to puff your chest out about especially because we play in the North, okay? That's a man's division. Look at the Bengals, what they did on Sunday night. They're in the cellar of the North right now, okay? So strap it up and play. And we got to go into Lamar's house this weekend. And I know our D is rolling like Iafrady, like often unstoppable but always rock solid. But that O, that O is rolling like Paul's dog, okay? Like occasionally interesting, but more often than not, just disappointing and annoying. Ah. That's not a good call. No. 
You don't like that color. My man, here's the thing. If you had edited, tightened, been more concise, been a little more punchy, it, for most of that call, I was thinking to myself, it's not great, but he's fine. He's still holding. He's still holding. He showed up like a week after the fact. Respect for that. I understand that. But then you just kept going and going and going and going and going and not really scoring either. Gratuitous jungle references that are not landing. You're not setting it up and knocking it down. You're just kind of rambling. Some nonsense about Ifrady that made no sense whatsoever. My man, this is the sound of you losing what you had moments ago. That is the sound of you getting your golden ticket ripped. Now, Jay, the good news is you had enough game to get one in the first place. As long as you don't go all red ass on me and get butt hurt and blame it on me because it's not my fault. I didn't make that call. You did. As long as you handle that the right way and say, all right, it's all part of the process. I came in. I nailed it. I got the golden ticket. I lived with it for a week. I understood the responsibility that came along with it. I wanted to come back in and start to build my case, build my brand. Well, you didn't do that. You took a step back. So now just kind of regroup, man. It's like the UFC. Everybody loses. It's a temporary setback for a bigger comeback. Let's see what you do with that. I'm always curious. I love watching that. So that guy had it. So what's Jay and Columbus going to do right now? Is he going to come back with a vengeance and chase and chase and chase, but never recapture the glory of that first call? Or is he going to go to school on that, lay out, not react emotionally, and work on his game? We'll see. See what I mean about the golden ticket? It guarantees you nothing. If you have it, it means that you're invited. It does mean you'll get on the air. But if you have it, it does mean you get to keep it. There was nothing significant about that phone call other than how long he droned on. Hey, Avi, do me a favor. This is the sound of somebody getting a golden ticket. So if you hear this, this is a good thing. Basic. Straightforward. All right, so this is the sound of somebody who had a golden ticket. Imagine little Charlie. Little Charlie thinking he's getting out of that house with those six geriatrics in the same bed and going to the chocolate factory. Imagine somebody mugging little Charlie and ripping the ticket out of his hand. How unfortunate that would be. It would probably sound like this. And Charlie lying in the street crying, wanting his golden ticket back because he thought that he had all that free chocolate coming. Somebody smashed Charlie on the knee with a lead pipe and ripped the ticket. That's what just happened to Jay. All right, so now you have an education on the golden ticket and what that means. Hey, Jay, my guy. No worries, man. Just come back. It started off okay. That little run you took at Eddie, calling him baby boy. I I thought you had merit. I I thought it was going to be all right. Eddie was coming in here like he knew something. My guy, hey, Eddie, no offense, bro. But you you were hyping Zach before that game. Hyping him. Like you knew something that we didn't know. Like he was just going to suddenly turn into Joe Namath in his prime. 
that we were all coming down way too hard on Zach, the Coog Hunter, that we were being unfair somehow to the Coog Hunter. No, we weren't. And dude, I've never heard Troy Aikman so harsh on anybody. I love Troy Aikman. I think the guy's awesome at what he does. But when he started, like, early, early, early in the broadcast, saying, hey, man, you can't play quarterback in this league if you can't complete that pass. That's paraphrasing, but he was saying things to that effect. Like, you can't miss that pass. That is an easy throw for an NFL quarterback to complete. Zach can't miss that play. He can't not complete that pass. And then just get worse and worse and worse and worse. Listen, Aaron Rodgers, I'm sure, is an incredible asset to that organization and to Zach. And his ability to manifest and project positivity, these are all real things, I think. I know they work for Aaron. I think they work for the organization. They love him. Why do you think he's there with a headset? But he's not a miracle worker. Obviously, you saw Zach last night. All right, we will come right back. The Rams have a new quarterback, Carson Wentz. Samuel L. Jackson. Hollywood elite. And they need something to do during the strike. Samuel found his way to the X and went in on Sean McVay and posed the question, hey man, is it not time to address the quarterback or the coaching situation with the Rams? Hey, my dude, you're an A-list actor, but no, it is not time to address the coaching situation with the Rams. Sean McVay is fine. All right, we're coming right back. Don't go anywhere. Here is the sports update. Everybody's killing Jane Columbus, and they're all thrilled that he got choppered and lost his golden ticket. Listen, I understand how it happens. It's kind of people get drunk on it. They get drunk on the success. They get drunk on their perceived power. They kind of trip around the X and they read about how great they are. They go to Stucknut and they see people talking about them, and they like the way it feels, and they want to feel it again. Of course, of course. You want that dopamine. It's the ultimate dopamine. Like, if you go online and you get a like or you get a comment, and that's dopamine, and you like the way that feels, and you want to chase that feeling, multiply that by 100 or 1,000. Getting a like is one thing. Getting a reaction is one thing. But getting a golden ticket, that's something totally different. Of course people love the way that feels. So they want more of that feeling, of course. But the problem is you come back in and then it goes the other way. I think that like there are people that have one really good call on them and then never never another good call after that. I'm not saying Jay is that guy, but I've seen this time and time again. So we'll see. Just know this. Brevity is your friend. Brevity is your friend. If you just keep going and going and going, I know that like – you're in a vacuum and you're not seeing the reaction. You're not hearing any reaction. So you probably think you're doing all right. Trust me, you're not. Brevity is your friend. Hey, Rome, was Jay and Columbus ever going to stop saying, like, okay? 
please never call again with your brown nosing and boring, terrible takes, you long-winded loser. Will in Richmond. See, that's not fair. He made a great first call. That's why he got the golden ticket. It was a really good first call. His second call was not nearly as good as his first, so he lost the golden ticket. But he's not a brown-nosing, long-winded loser with boring, terrible takes. He just had a boring call. At D. Cook 406, Rome, the worst thing that a new golden ticket winner can do is think they've got enough game to immediately call out, quote, the legends. Don't do that. Don't do that. Below not good. Again. Below not good. It's like liquid courage. They're drunk. They're feeling good about themselves. It's a common mistake. They're coming to let the hands go. They're like, all right, I am one of them. I'm the new breed. You OGs, you're old, you're slow, you can't slip punches. We're here to steal the show. It's a common mistake. Steal the show. It says, yo, Samuel L. Sports in Hollywood don't mix. Unless you're me. Signed, the star of the longest yard, Jim Rome. V in the fee. Good point, V. So let me go out on a limb right here and say that the majority of you listening to this show would love it if Sean McVay were the head coach of your NFL team. That's not some hot take. That's not polarizing. That's true. Tell me I'm wrong. The majority of you listening to this show would be thrilled if Sean McVay were the head coach of your NFL team. How many of you listening right now would trade the coach you have for Sean McVay? I'm guessing most of you. However, if one Hollywood elite has his way, one of your fan bases might just get your wish. The guy that I'm talking about, I've already mentioned, Zeus Carver, a.k.a. John McClain's right-hand man in Die Hard with a Vengeance, a.k.a. Samuel L. Jackson. It seems like since the SAG after strike has kept Sam from yelling on a big screen near you, Sam has decided to become a sports pundit and has taken that same rage to the X. Check this out. Saturday night, Coach Carter had plenty to say about Coach Prime's Colorado Buffaloes getting the hands against Oregon State. And then by early Sunday, Agent Flynn had already had enough of these mother-effing McVeighs on his mother-effing Rams. Mother-f***ing Yes, sir. Flynn fired this shot off on the X after McVeigh's Rams' 20-3 loss to the Green Bay Packers. Quote, this was what he tweeted or X'd, quote, at what point do we start the Rams coaching conversation? Question mark, question mark, exclamation point, exclamation point. Yes, sir. You see, Jules Winfield might have a violence-free perspective on life, but evidently not on the X, not as it pertains to Sean McVay. This dude wants his coaching life in L.A. iced. And while some of you might think that losing to a Matt LaFleur, Jordan Love-led Packers team by 17 is a fireball offense, I'd tell you the same thing that I would tell Sam. It's not. My man, it's not. And Sam, to quote another Hollywood legend, 
in her own right. That doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. It's happening. Respectfully, dude, you're an amazing actor. You are an amazing actor. A generational type actor. One of the best. Regardless of that whole snakes on a plane flick. But dude, that aside, that, that is a horrible take. That is a horrible sports take. Great actor, bad sports take. I mean, I know you're frustrated by their three and five start. And you're looking for somebody to blame. But Sean McVay is far from the person who is to blame for this team. In fact, the guy's actually done a hell of a job coaching this season. Yes, I said it. Not only should this guy not be in the firing line, he's done a great job coaching this season. Actually, one of his best coaching jobs to date. Yes, I know. I did just say he lost to Matt LaFleur and Jordan Love by 17. But that was without his starting quarterback, Matthew Stafford. And as a whole, outside of Arizona, of course, I don't think there's a worse roster in football right now. Zeus, look it up. I mean, my man, what are you watching? And no, before you go there, Z, Les Snead should not be on the chopping block either. If you're a Rams fan, and you must be, you should be well aware of their F-them picks approach. They pushed every last chip they had to the middle of the table in order to win that Lombardi trophy in their own house. Remember, it was only two seasons ago. Well, there's a price to pay, my guy, when you do business like that. And unfortunately, that's what's in now. Dude, your take on McVay landed about as badly as those dweebs saying, that's what's in. That's what's in. Yeah, I get it. It's not easy for Rams fan right now. And at times, it might feel like you're watching snakes on a plane, on a loop. But that's the reality of Rams football this season. And more than likely, a few more ahead. That's the price you pay. I mean, swagger is usually what you're known for, Ordell Robbie. But this is the opposite of that. I mean, that is a bad take. I thought everybody knew this about McVay. He is the youngest coach in football and by far the brightest mind under 40 in the game. Any organization would sign up for this guy in a heartbeat. We're really not going there now, are we? The only thing that I can think of is maybe Sam is getting ready for his next role. Whenever the strike is over, maybe he's ready to be a loud, hot take national pundit. If A-list actors are going to strike, I'm fine with them picking up their phones and firing sports takes. I mean, why the hell not? You don't have to agree with them. Why stop there? Like like Brad Pitt complaining about Kyle Shanahan. Hello! You want CMC for the playoffs, don't you? My fortune. Why not mix in some carries to the backups like Elijah Mitchell and Jordan Mason? There you are. I don't care who your dad is. He's got to go. Fire Kyle. I'm Brad Pitt. Out. Or maybe Julia Roberts. I don't know where she's been, but maybe she can crack on Atlanta. Maybe Julia Roberts can hit the X in all caps. Hey, fail clowns. Why draft Bijan with your first round pick and then use Tyler Algier on the most important play in the game? That's either poor coaching or poor draft evaluation. Hey, Mr. Blank, fix your house. Julia Roberts, out. Sam, dude, I know you're pissed. Sean McVay is not the problem. Enough is enough. 
it would take that guy one second to get another job. The Rams are lucky to have him. Are your wiper blades chattering, skipping, or squeaking? Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts, and they will install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Stop by today or learn more at OReillyAuto.com. My thanks to Bruce Feldman, Drake May, the XR4TI crew. Sloan's had a pretty good day. Nice job. Appreciate the phone calls. Bring it back. Run it back tomorrow. See you then. We're out. Run it back. Run it back. Run it back.